Aljamain Sterling, the, the big narrative this week is this guy's the Bantamweight GOAT. Now, in my opinion, it robs me off a little bit the wrong way. And the reason being is because last few fights, there's been a few asterisks. You've got TJ Dillashaw, he blew his shoulder out midway through the fight. Henry Cejudo hasn't fought for three years and he took him to split decision. Um, the fight before that, or two fights before that, you've got Pierre Yarn with the illegal knee. Um, and then, you know, Pierre Yarn fought him uh, with much, much more aggression this time. And uh, Aljamain took advantage of that. Now, I'm not saying that he's not great, but is he the Bantamweight go? And that's really what I wanted to start this conversation with. What, what do you think, Tim? Yeah, I like Aljamain Sterling. I think he's Same. a guy that you and I can agree on, that we've liked him from his early UFC career till now. Absolutely. I, 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 he is marred with having asterisk, like you said, next to each win. Henry Suhudo was old and outsized. Um, I mean, uh, TJ Dillashaw, had one shoulder in his fight. Uh, oh, Peter Yan was a tight, close fight. Is he the bantamweight goat? I think he. It, I I might. Here's the competition. Okay. Yeah, go for it. It's TJ Dillashaw, Henan no. Burrell, and Dominic Cruz. Given yeah. that that is the level of competition that we're to, I like Dominic Cruz because I'm always a sucker for the WEC era. But oh, I th- think in a one-on-one fight and looking at quality of competition, you have to say that it's Aljamain Sterling at this point. Am I wrong? What do you think? No, I mean, it just robs me up the wrong way. And I don't know why it, it does here, because Bantamweight division is a stacked division. It's extremely hard to be dominant. It's like the lightweight division. How many title defenses has anyone had at lightweight before going, or, you know, before even leaving or deciding, you know, or not being able to defend it? So yep. you have got a point. He's probably the best Bantamweight out there, but... It's just he's leaving his legacy to being Sean O'Malley now and going up in featherweight. And then in you know in a few years' time, history is going to look at him as the best bantamweight. I personally think he should have had a few more title defenses, um, but it is what it is, man. I mean, he's got an insane resume. You know, he's been some absolute dogs. Jimmy Rivera, Pedro Munoz, um, Peter Yarn twice, well, yep. once. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Henry Cejudo, TJ Dillashaw. Like the list speaks for itself, but you've also got to take into consideration the referencing, you know, as well. Uh, yeah. Well, tell me, tell me more. Bring me up to date here. What do you think? What do you feel? Yeah, I mean, just, so just in terms of TJ Delicious, if you actually break that down, the guy breaks, you know, hurts his shoulder within thirty seconds, and then after that year, um, he's basically just a training dummy for the rest of the fight, and to the point yeah, where the commentary team were like. Maybe you should go for a Kimura on the left arm because he shoulders like just saying, just go for just go for the weak um, weak arm, take him out there, uh, you know, really kind of capitalize on that weakness. So at that point, you know, the fight's done within 30, 40 seconds. So it's very hard for me to go. He beat TJ Dillashaw though. Oh my god, that's amazing. You know, he did he did incredible. The Henry Cejudo fight, Henry did amazingly well. Uh, By the way, I. I think it's just scandalous that that was a split decision. I think Aljamain clearly won that fight. Um, you know, he did really well. But again, this is a Henry Cejudo's three years out. You know, imagine if Henry Cejudo got like a number one contender fight against Sean O'Malley, um, you know, kind of built up a little bit of, you know, kind of shook off the ring rust. Mm. And then he fought uh, Aljamain Sterling. Do you think he might have had a better performance? Definitely, 100%. And then you've got Pierre Yon. Obviously, the first one goes that saying, you know, Pierre Yon should have won that fight. 
that might have changed the complete landscape of the bantamweight division forever. Aljamain may never have had that shot. You never know. And then he gets a rematch, uh, does extremely what well, a great job, and dominates Pierre Yarn. So that's that's one thing I can say. Like, yeah, he did amazingly well there. Mm-hmm. But other than that, what what would you say his best win is right now? Like, if you were to look at his title run, even before uh, before that, you know what? I'm confident that it's Corey Sanhagen. I think that's his oh, best man. win. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yes, that was fucking good, man. And it's a uh, it's a win that aged really well. It's a it's yes. a win that where he really showed off what his talent is. Like he transitioned from from a takedown attempt to a back mount and then finished it in like a few seconds. Like that was really good, and it had no asterisk next to it of like oh, oh Corey was actually drunk the entire time or something stupid like that. Like it was exactly. a clean win, but that's going back a ways to say that's, that's the last time he had a clean win it's a really weird and he has no control over who he fights that, and what condition exactly. the opponent it's not his fault in. man it, it isn't his fault you, you know you you can't say oh like he's not great or he, it's it's not it's, it's definitely not his fault like it's not his fault that tj uh decided to not you know kind of disclose that information he's going to take advantage of that it's not his fault henry Sudo was out for three years and was talking so much shit that he he basically sold himself into that fight you know, it, it's it's simply not his fault. It's not his fault that he got DQ. Like he got a DQ win. Um, what else are you gonna do? You're gonna you're gonna you know continue with the rest of the fight, yeah, and be compromised. So yeah, it's just it's just annoying, man. It's just super annoying. But even with all these conditions of uh yeah. of like put an asterisk next to each win, is he still the bantamweight goat? Like given all that, compared to the I think so. Yeah, yeah. just purely. Yeah, I, I think just purely because of the competition, as you said. You can't say TJ Dillashaw because, come on, man, like, guy has just arguably never been clean uh, in his entire career. You could, you could argue TJ. You could argue TJ. You could. You could. Yeah, it's a matter but, of would you. Nah, man. I, I mean, the EPO stuff, that, that, that's, um, that's really hard to shake off, man. And he was, he was my guy, man, back in the day. I was so pissed off that TJ Dillashaw popped. But, yeah, it can't be TJ Dillashaw. It definitely isn't Hennem Burrell because... We saw what happened to Hen and Burrell. And uh, Dominic Cruz is arguably on par, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Um, I think I, I think you and I can recognize that we're always going to be a little bit biased to the WEC guys or yes, stuff like definitely. that. That's why we're like, yeah, Dominic Cruz is in the mix. But if oh, someone was new to the sport, if someone got into the sport at 2015, maybe they don't get why Dominic Cruz would be in that mix. And that's okay. I get that. I, I You know, I can understand that. I recognize my own biases, but like, <laughs> I think at this point it has to be Aljamain Sterling? Am I wrong? Yeah, no. I mean, I, man, I, I think you're right, man. I'm basically, I'm basically trying to fight a losing battle here. I mean, it, it can't be anyone else, can it? It genuinely cannot be anyone else. Like even Dominic Cruz's best wins, he beat he beat flyweights, man. He beat uh, he beat uh, Joseph Benavidez twice, who's yep. a flyweight. Yep. He beat Demetrius Johnson again, an incredible win. Yes, flyweight. Um, I think it's Scott Jorgensen flyweight again yeah so it's just you know uh uriah uriah faber is the only one i was like damn that's a solid bantam weight in his prime he beat him very good but so what man you know like aljermaine still beat pia yon and pia yon's arguably better than uriah faber you know (laughs) by a little bit no yeah Yeah. mathematically yeah i can see that no i can see that yeah it makes it tough to argue you know yeah i just don't entirely know and so Hudo was a flyweight as well. And then we got a guy like Aljamain Sterling, who's just so skilled and so good, but he's also massive for the weight class as well. Oh, but man. like, what a talent this guy is though. Amazing. Honestly, I, you know what I really like about Aljamain Sterling? Yeah. He doesn't just 
I'm not a big fan of Marab's fighting style. I'm going to be honest with you, Tim. Um, you know, I just feel like it's it's just too much crotch sniffing. But like with Aljamain, <laughs> with, with Aljamain Sterling, what I really like is he starts up all of his fights here with really long kicks. You know, he puts that pressure on. And he's done that in the last few fights. In fact, he did it against Henry Cejudo. You know, landed some fucking amazing calf kicks, man. Like towards the end of the fight. Um, started off that fight extremely long, started throwing kicks to the body, to the, I think he tried to aim for the head. Again, he was going for the calf as well. Mm-hmm. Did that to Pierre Yarn the rematch. He just went, marched and fought, marched forward and started like, just going for, going for kicks, man. Just fully going for kicks. And I think the reason being is because, and why he's so confident at throwing kicks is because he knows no one's going to take him down. Like, who in the Bantamweight division is going to try and take him down? No one. They know he's a great grappler at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very impressed with Aljamain, man. Like, what, what do you think, Tim? There's a reason you and I have talked so highly about him for such a long time, and that even when the com- the MMA community decided to turn on him, you and I were still in his corner, being like his only fan. Um, Bro, you know this. <laughs> yeah, he's so talented and so good. Um, loves the front kick, just like you were saying. He'll even transition the front kick into stance switching, and then he can transition the stance switching into a takedown attempt. But where he really excels is that He actually doesn't always get the takedown. He doesn't always get the trip, but he creates the opportunities to continue into a scramble. So if he can get a scramble going, he can always come out on top because his first layer of takedown is quite often not good, even at the opening, even against the cage. But it's the opportunities where he's creating these scrambles. That's when he really excels. Anytime that he can get an opponent to turn a little bit and he can take the back. He can take control of the fight very quickly. So it's those chaotic moments where you're transitioning from position to position where Aljamain Sterling really comes through. On the feet, um, a lot of people are critical of his him on the feet. He actually has very good shot selection. He has a pretty good eye for timing. Yeah. Someone on Twitter was actually pointing out that he was landing some combinations against Peter Yan. Um, and he just kind of looks almost slow for the weight class. And Aljamain himself commented on that Twitter post and said, I, I'm okay at striking, but my arms are very dangly. So it looks like I'm really like pushing. <laughs> like, like So his own word was my arms are dangly and that's why I look funny striking. But he's not a huge combination striker, but he is good at the one-off and usually transitioning to someone else. You, you know what I'm saying here? Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, I, I, you know, with his striking as well, yeah, you said he's not a combination puncher. He's so long for the weight division. He could kind of pick shots off from range. Yeah. And he was doing that to Cejudo absolutely brilliantly. Like he... But at the same time, he left himself open. There was a few openings where he left his kind of completely uh, left his head exposed, left his body exposed. I think Sahuda got a few body kicks on him and he got a high kick on him uh, at the end of that or towards the end of that uh, bout as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, his striking is underrated. But against uh, against Sean O'Malley, that's the big question. Yeah. Like, the you know, say, one... for example. Yeah. Go it, it, yeah. So he, here's the question. If. Aljo doesn't get the takedown on Sean O'Malley. If he doesn't, yeah, and it ends up being a striking battle, do you think he can hang with Sean? No. <laughs> I don't. I honestly don't. And you know what? Um, of as many as strengths that Aljamain Sterling have, he's in, he is a triple-A grappler. He is a quite a good serviceable striker. His defensive yeah. striking is by far the weakest domain that he has. Now, I know you know what I'm talking about, so tell me a little bit about this. Yeah, I mean, just just very, very keeps himself completely open. I mean, Marlon Moraes here was a classic example. He was just, he was shooting for doubles, um, you know, desperately. 
And you just leave himself completely open. And then, you know, I think Marais dropped him with the right hand. And Marais is, you know, considerably smaller in terms of frame and stature, yeah, to Aljamain Sterling. So he shouldn't have been in a position. If he was good enough with his defensive uh, striking, he wouldn't have been in a position to drop Aljamain like that. And then he gets him with a, with a knee, a beautiful knee yeah, up the middle as well. And it makes me think, this fight is a lot closer than people realise, like, honestly. Like, if Aljamain goes in with a lazy shot, which he's done in the past many, many times, uh, Sean O'Malley can just crack him with an uppercut and, or a you know, knee in the middle, and it slides out. So, so here's the thing. You're totally correct about this, in that Aljamain Sterling defensively leaves himself open, and he also does bobbing and weaving which is fine you can do that in mma yeah. but he's doing it in in consistent patterns where someone like a marlon marias or a henry cejudo is recognizing the patterns and able to land head kicks and knees on him so if someone as good as henry cejudo can recognize the defensive patterns you have to think someone like sean o'malley if he can stay on the feet he must be able to recognize these defensive patterns as well also yeah. another knock against aljamain sterling is that he does get pretty flustered when he gets hit like uh, Peter Yan yeah. was turning him around. Even in the second fight where Aljo won, Peter Yan was still turning him around, making him panic. I mean, so every time Cejudo really landed on him, I think he was actually doing better at keeping his composure during the Cejudo fight, but he does get a little bit flustered if he gets hit hard a couple of times. And okay, let's talk about Sean O'Malley because he's a guy who you were on the train way before I was on the train. Oh, man. And you, I you love tra- Sean O'Malley. Go on, yeah, tell I, me everything. I, I do love Sean O'Malley. Um, and the reason why I think, yeah, that, that this is going to be a closer fight than it is. When you think about it, Henry Cejudo and Mar- Marlon Marais, who's way shorter in reach and height, yeah, than Aljo, if they're able to land on him, um, not obviously at will, but they've managed to land a few shots in him, mm-hmm. I think Sean's definitely going to be able to crack him. Crack, crack him at least a couple of times, at the very least. And Sean's striking is just incredible, man. Like, the way he switches stances, the, the way he throws those teeps to the body, those kicks, man, the spin. There's no telegraphing on any of his kicks as well. But the problem is, he also said in an interview, I, I'm, you know, it's life and death. I'm not going to be touched in this, in, uh, in this fight at all. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be touched yet, and I don't want to go to the ground yet. So I don't personally, I think he might not throw kicks as much. I think he's going to be very, very selective with his kicks in this fight. But yeah, it is just a it's just a pure grappler versus striker battle, isn't it? You know, that that's all it is to it. You know, and it's <laughs> a matter else. of yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Like Sean O'Malley's gonna have to he has a wide stance, he often keeps his hips low, and that's quite good. He is susceptible to be, to being taken down, but on the feet he is a dream to watch. And like you put oh, me man. on him. Like early, early on, I was like, this guy is a SoundCloud rapper, and you were like, yeah, he's, he is <laughs> also a good striker. He's he's all of them. <laughs> Good, good. Like, very... reminds me of a little pump or something like that man like... that's that's the thing he looks like he copy and paste from that era into now and that's why people don't like yeah. him and they don't take him seriously but like just watching him fight he he fights like like what we think of in our dreams is that um, yeah like defensively he could back off the cage a little better he could circle out a little bit better but he oh, is man, yeah that's true he enters and exits on perfect angles he also um very efficient output of picking his shots, picking his combination. So in the UFC, he is already ranked at number 10 for the most efficient output in UFC history. And at Bantamweight, he is the number one most accurate striker in UFC history. Uh, wow. Now, grappling, we haven't seen a ton of it, but he his, his aim is to get back to the feet as fast as possible. His first layer of defense is pretty good. 
people have got him down and he gets back up certainly not on the caliber of Aljamain Sterling so like you said it is going to come down to a striker versus grappler matchup of if Aljamain gets some initiative going gets a takedown creating scramble opportunities it's really his round to control and I'm not he is very good at positional control once he's in that position and if he can't get it to the feet honestly I think Sean O'Malley finishes the fight via yeah. knockout so go on yeah. what do you think yeah, I, I think that there's one X factor, though. And, I, you know, I tend to agree with most of that. There's only one X factor. And I, I only just realized this the other day. Mm-hmm. Aljamain Sterling's calf kicks are incredibly underrated. Incredibly underrated. He, he managed to do that to Aljamain... Uh, sorry, he managed to do that to Henry Cejudo towards the end of the fight, where Henry was visibly hurting from those calf kicks. Mm-hmm. And what's Sean, Sean's biggest weakness? You know, he showed a big weakness here against Chio Vera. Chio Vera stopped him practically with calf kicks. I mean, I know it wasn't that specifically, but he basically stifled the movement, took him down here and beat the fuck out of him. And then with Pedro Munoz, Pedro Munoz was, I mean, he wasn't battering him, but he was definitely scoring uh, effectively before it was deemed a no contest. So Sean O'Malley's biggest weakness is calf kicks. Aljamain's getting better at calf kicks. He knows, yeah, that he's not going to get taken down. I think that's going to be a uh, that's going to be one of the strategies of Aljamain Sterling. He's going to throw as many calf kicks as possible, and then once he feels comfortable enough and he's in range, he's going to go for a takedown. That's what I think. That's why I predict. Mm. But I'm sure Sean already knows that, and he's and he's uh he's waiting to counter that or check them. Man, you might like, be right. You brought in a yeah. factor that I didn't I didn't even see before. You might have changed my mind just based on the calf kick factor, right? I didn't think of that one. Yeah, those calf kicks are money, man. The way he was landing on Henry Cejudo at absolute will. Yeah. It you know, and it, it wasn't like it wasn't like he was going to the wall either too much. He 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 mixed it up a little bit, you know, he throws some strikes to the body, to the head. Yeah. But then the calf kicks, he kind of built it up here yeah, over the over the five rounds. What I think with Aljamain Sterling in this fight, because there's no threat of getting taken down, you know, he's not Sean O'Malley is no Henry Cejudo when it comes to the wrestling department because there's no threat. I think he's just going to go to the wall straight away, try and take his legs out, and just shoot for a double leg um, as soon as possible. That's mm-hmm. that's why if I had to predict, you might be right about this too. You might be entirely I correct about that. <laughs> I hope I. <laughs> so what, what's your final prediction in this one then? My final prediction is I think I think Aljamain wins by. TKO, late TKO, or late submission, if I had to pick. Um, you know, Sean O'Malley, never been in a five-round fight. If you had to go through his resume, the only person that's still in the UFC that's of notable quality is Pierre Yan. That's it. You know, you've got Piver. He's not in the UFC. Eddie Wineland, he retired a couple of years ago. Um, Chris Martino, he was, an, he was a newcomer that got cut off, you know, a while ago. So, other than that, man, I just, yeah, I just see Aljamain taking this, man. Honestly, domination as well. Man, I had myself convinced of, like, I'm picking Sean O'Malley via knockout. Like, I see all these <laughs> factors. Like, like Aljo is just so, he gets so flustered when he gets punched. But now yeah. you bring up the calf kick factor. Yeah, I might be back onto the Aljamain Sterling train of, like, this is just a safe win for him. Like, there's not, he has more tools to really win here. Ah, yeah. Like you said, it's it's it, if I have to choose, the intelligent choice is Aljamain Sterling, right? Yeah, I think I think it's so hard to kind of, root, um, you know, to kind of root against him at this point in time. You know, he's fought such high caliber competition, and 
the way he's trained for it, he obviously thought that he's fighting these people in their prime. Unfortunately, you know, Henry wasn't in his prime and TJ wasn't in his prime. Peter was in his prime, though, and he was, you know, there's a lot of psychological factors going into that, you know. So based on all that, I just, I can't not root against Arjamain, you know, definitely not. Yeah, I agree with you. Now, let me ask you, going up to 145, is that a good decision? Does that make sense? Against, like, what do you yeah, think? I think Volk does bad things to Aljamain. And I like Aljamain, but, you know, Aljamain, look what, look what Volk, look how strong Volk is at lightweight. You know, it, Islam Makashev was struggling against Volk here. Um, I think Volk even takes Aljamain down and, and shows him who the real 145er is. But look, I'm not saying he doesn't have a chance. I just think Volk takes it all day. His striking is considerably better. He's better defensively as well. Uh, ring IQ is slightly higher than Aljamain. Aljamain's, a, you know, he's a champion. He's got amazing ring IQ. But yeah, Volk all day, man. I can't see him losing. Yeah, this isn't like a normal moving up where you're fighting a champion with a couple title defenses who's quite good. Volkanovski yeah. is a reason he's pound for pound great and you're going to step up against him. Like that's this is a tall order. Maybe start with a Brian Ortega and see how you feel. Maybe start with a Max Holloway, see how you feel. I don't know, but I don't start with know. a Max Holloway. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> you you just like you just like, nah, just I just yeah I don't know if 145 is going to be it for him I, I don't know that he's going to find any even fighting anyone in the top five I think he's going to be a bit of a struggle but especially against Alexander Volkanovsky I do think the best idea is to stay in the very competitive bantamweight division and be he has a size advantage on almost everyone in that division skill wise yeah. he's probably the best grappler purely in that division and in, in a division of mostly strikers aside from Marab uh, but yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess he wants to move up, and that's cool. That's what every champion wants to do now. That's the model. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I, I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah, the only thing is, he is he's even saying that he's getting a bit older. The cut is getting a bit harder, and his endurance is suffering. And it kind of showed in in the Henry Cejudo fight. I mean, not 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 that his endurance is bad, no, but in the but... fifth round he was slowing down a little bit. Yeah. Against. Yeah. Okay, here's the question. Here's the big question. Yeah, because right. he's never going to fight this guy. Umar, Umar Namegamedov. Yeah. Like, if he fights someone like that, yeah, or a young, hung, hungry dog on the come up, I think that cardio is going to make a big difference. So I think he's right in moving up in featherweight. I just don't know if he's going to be a champion, you know, simply put. Com- completely co signed with you. I think, yeah. yeah, I think it would be wise to stay at 135. I know he's struggling, but yeah, I completely co signed that featherweight is just isn't going to be it for him. I don't, I can't see that that being the division where he finds a lot of success he's struggling with some of the smaller guys at bantamweight uh, yeah exactly i mean they're skilled guys yeah but by the way it's extremely skilled as well it doesn't it, you know i wouldn't say there's a massive discrepancy in skill between the two yeah here's, here's a good question if sean wins if sean wins because that could happen absolutely um you know absolutely possible if he wins yeah who do you pitch him against it's marab it has to be marab oh, all day right 100 percent, man that's it that's it Nice little uh, press conference as well. Marab can come in Sean O'Malley's red jacket. <laughs> Marab. I like Marab a lot. Do you think um, all of the Marab fans have never seen him fight? <laughs> <laughs> Bay, I, I, I don't know. This is so mean, but I just don't, I don't find it exciting, man. I find Aljamain's style exciting, but... It's amazing. I couldn't watch, I couldn't watch that uh, Peter Yarn fight, man. I don't know. Yeah, it is what it is. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's just, just sometimes that happens, and that's not a big deal. But yeah, it's got to be Marab. Right? What else do we need to cover off before we head out of here, sir? No, that's it, man. That's that's pretty much it. Um, you know, we've got a lot of interviews coming in. We've got Andre Petrosky, um, you know, coming in tomorrow. Yeah. God, that's late. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. That's my fault. But yeah, we'll have Andre Petrosky um, coming out tomorrow. And great news. Cody Gibson uh, is in a tough finale, man. Amazing. You know, we, we interviewed Cody Gibson two years ago. We yeah. both didn't, uh, you know, both of us have interviewed him from the show. Um, he's actually down to do another show at one point. He, he's saying that he really likes to talk to us. So come on, man. We've got we to have Cody on. But yeah, good luck for Cody. He's fighting this weekend. So make sure you guys watch that too. I can't believe it. He, I think he's our most consistent guest at this point. Like, 100%, man. 100%. He's, he's awesome, man. Love Cody um, Gibson. Best of luck to him this weekend. All right. Cool. <laughs> Let's get it. Wrap, wrap her up. Take care, guys. <laughs> See you. That's all right. <laughs>